The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your health care provider to obtain treatment. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Have you suffered from having a parent or a child get sick and you had to leave your job a lot to take care of them and then you watched your weight go up and your energy go down? Have you ever had a spouse get sick with cancer or have a heart attack and slowly you had to spend more and more time driving to the doctor or get a treatment? And you knew this was supposed to be temporary and then it became more permanent. And next thing you know, your life is not your own. If you've ever had your life and your health go away because you were becoming a caregiver, today's your day because we're going to discuss how to stay healthy when you are a caregiver. Today's world, it's very common to be a sandwich generation person. Being being a person who's wedged between taking care of kids and parents. This is a difficult situation. There's a movie years ago called Sophie's Choice. A mother had to choose between two children. Is it true we have to choose between ourselves and a loved one who's sick, ourselves and a parent or child, even a friend? Today's show is going to change your life because it's going to teach you how to use mind, body, medical intuition to balance intuitive awareness of someone else's pain, to balance your time taking care of someone else's with managing your own health. We're taking your calls, 816-251-3555 from within the U.S. and Canada. Remember, unityonlineradio.org is live, live every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. You can get the show on your favorite podcast provider as well as join the live show with a question every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. East Coast time. You know, every show I research it. Research it tremendously. I've been doing radio now for more than almost 16 years. 
And many of those shows I've done several times, but, you know, science changes, people change, topics change. Since the beginning of times, we've been caregivers and we've been taken care of. But the science of how caregivers are affected by taking care of our parents who are demented, our children who are sick, and so on and so on. We now know more about what we already knew, which is it drains us. And we find out that once a loved one succumbs to whatever's ailing them, they die. Often enough, we've held ourselves together to take care of them, and then Ultimately, we unravel, just like the proverbial getting a migraine headache after you finish the exam in college. Somehow you pull yourself together to take care of the loved ones, to take everything at home. But why is it that we unravel at the end? I researched this on PubMed.org. That's where all the researchers the scientists, the physicians go, because I'm a researcher and a scientist and a medical intuitive. And I got annoyed. <laughs> a lot of times in the hospital, when you have a husband or a wife or a child who's a sickness, you get, you get a social work team and psychologists, psychiatrists and everything. And depending on if they have cancer or something, maybe a hospice care. And the first thing they say is, you better be careful if you're a caregiver because the thing to help you with your health is you got to get social support. you got to get family support. you got to get support from your extended family and your support from your friends. Support, 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 support. The thing that annoyed me when I'm reading this is this is so much easier said than done. <laughs> you know? It's so much easier said than done. There was a study done. Uh, it was the families teaching the families how to express emotion with patients who had schizophrenia or bipolar disorder. And the study taught them how to not express their emotions or to have low expressed emotion, meaning you talk like this and you didn't get very emotional like this, coming from a Latina family. We are emotional, loud emotions. And the theory was, if you talked very softly like this, the patient with schizophrenia or bipolar didn't end up as sick. So this is an example of how the caregiver, the family, was taught to not express their emotions because it made the person who was sick be better. I had a hard time participating in the study as a physician. And the reason was is because I knew that if you taught the family who was caring for the patient, I knew that it would make them sick because they were already burned out. And teaching them not to express their emotions would make them sicker. Now, clearly, we're not going to all run around and shriek. But there has to be some way in which you express your feelings or get your needs met. And it can't all be about the patient. Well, 
what was fascinating about it was people had a hard time getting family members to be involved in the study. I thought that was incredible. They had a hard time getting them to commit to the study, which pretty much says it all, doesn't it? Because who wants to, you know, have low expressed emotion? Suffice it to say, there is something to be said about that emotion, that study, because it is important to give someone who's sick what they need, but not the expense of your own health. We have seven centers in our body, like seven required food groups or vitamin groups that we need in our body. We have seven areas of necessity. Each one is worth approximately 14% of our life. When someone gets sick, we kind of push all of them to the side to take care of second center, the partner, or fourth center, the child. So we might can the work, third center, drop out of school, sixth center, and so on. Not go to church or spiritual group on Sundays or so on. The thing, or not spend as much time with friends, fourth center, and so on and so on, not do hobbies, fourth center, not do as much activism, fifth center. And slowly by surely, we are parasiting the areas in our life for that one person. You can do this on the short term. Just like if you had a loved one in the hospital who was bleeding out, you could donate a lot of units of blood. But you could only donate so much. If you donated so much blood, you would be anemic and you'd faint. <laughs> they wouldn't allow you to do it. Similarly, you can only donate so much of your life energy to taking care of someone. The thing is, you really don't know what you're doing because it's not like you know how much you're doing as if you were donating blood or donating bone marrow. Because slowly the hours build up, slowly the work hours are removed, slowly your time with your friends is whittled away, and it's so gradually weaned you're weaning yourself away from your life that you don't even realize that you're losing yourself. And then your health gradually equally goes down the tubes. Then I looked up something called burnout. And burnout is fascinating because when you look at all the stuff about burnout, they talk about how it begins that you have excessive drive or ambition at work and that you push, 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 push yourself harder and harder and harder. I'm sitting here going, wait a minute now. So they only think the burnout has to do with work. Can you imagine? And they say that because of this excessive drive and ambition at work, where you push yourself harder and harder, you then neglect your personal care and needs and you spend less time with non-work related needs and you deny and you withdraw and your behavior changes and then you don't feel like yourself anymore and you, you, you kind of feel numb 
and you feel empty and then you get depressed and then you have physical, emotional and mental collapse. Somehow they didn't connect caregiver collapse from taking care of a demented person or child who's handicapped with burnout. They just think burnout has to do with a career. I submit to you that caring for a person, a loved one who's ill, becomes your career. Third chakra and medical intuition has to do with self, balancing self needs with responsibility. You let go of your responsibility to yourself, your job, yourself, and it becomes, your new job becomes to your partner who's sick or to your child. And then all the other stuff that you do, you neglect your personal care and need, just like you do with career burnout. And you push yourself harder and harder and harder for your child and your loved one with cancer that you have no time for non-work-related needs. It is the same. What you don't realize is it does become a job and you don't want to call it a job because they're your loved one. The key is, is we all have a phobia. We have a phobia of being selfish. What is that? There is a famous rabbinical saying, a guy named Halil. It's the three-part saying. If I am not for myself, who will be for me? If you give, you give, you give, you give, you will become anemic and you will have nothing left for you. If I am not for myself, who will be for me? There will be nobody left. You are essentially like toilet paper at the beginning of the pandemic. If you give everybody a ply, another ply, another ply, and another ply, you use yourself up and you are an empty roll. So essentially you have to, wait for it, ration yourself. You'll say, but I can't, I don't have a choice. Who else will take care of them? Well, I guess you do, you have to have a choice because you'll run out. And the people will have to use other things other than you, like paper towels, socks. And they're never as good as toilet paper. And they're never as good as you. You always will take care of these people better. But if you run out, if you get sick, if you get cancer, someone else will have to. The state, a child or sibling who don't want to. And that goes under the category of too bad. You'll have to watch them get mad at you, think you're selfish, a failure, and that, of course, is your phobia. The second part of that Halil phrase is, if I am for myself, what will be, what am I? If I am for myself, what am I? You selfish thing, that is your phobia. If you get sick, you screwed up. You were a failure. You could not balance yourself and someone else's needs. You screwed up. No, <laughs> You lost balance. You had a phobia of disappointing. Your self-love is based on other people's approval of you, which usually means you're, you don't know you're lovable unless you're giving. You don't know if you're lovable unless you're giving. If I am not for myself, who will be for me? Meaning, if you don't take care of those other six centers and you keep always taking care of someone, You'll run out like toilet paper. 
and you'll be an empty role. And that person will have to find someone else to take care of them because there will be nothing left for you. If I am for myself, what am I? Well, at least you'd be alive, that's for sure. You'll be nervous because people will be mad at you, but at least you'll be alive. And the last part is, if not when, if not now, when? If you don't ration yourself off, for every matching hour you spend with them, you match for you. It's called the matching grant. Many nonprofit organizations or donors do that. For every dollar I give, you have to get somebody else to give a dollar. Why? Because people are more invested, will be more invested in getting better if they have a skin in the game. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and we're talking about we're talking about how to stay healthy when you're a caregiver. If you want to know about more about the solutions to today's show, you want to go to Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa, Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, or Twitter, Dr. Mona Lisa Two. What if you can't get on the reading the radio show today, and you want a free mini reading? If you want, excuse me, if you want to get on the show today and have a free mini reading, you want to call 816-251-3555, 816-251-3555. But if you can't get on, that's what I was trying to say, you want to try a private reading, a one and two hour private reading. What is that? Go to www.drmonalisa.com, www.drmonalisa.com or call 207-846-6475, 207-846-6475. What does that involve? Knowing only your name and age over the phone, I would describe a specific emotional situation or situations in your life that I see aggravate your health. And then, knowing only your name and age over the phone, I would describe your physical body, head, eyes, ears, neck, thyroid, heart, breast, lungs, every organ system looking for the presence of health or disease. It's very detailed. I give you a lot of solutions, but it's not a physician-patient relationship. I'm not giving you a diagnosis of prescribing treatment and doing psychotherapy. In fact, you actually sign a consent form that acknowledges that before you even get off the tarmac. We will go to having a few electrical issues, which tends to happen a lot with me here. We will go to line one, Susan42. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Hello, Mona Lisa. Thank you so much for taking my call. Yes, how can I be of help? I feel exhausted. And even on good days where I'm knocking it out, I sometimes I just feel like I'm walking through mud. I feel okay. like I'm the emotional support for pretty much everyone around me and, and including in my career. What do you do for work? I am an alternative healer. So I help my clients work through life. Okay, perfect. I love it when a game plan comes together. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you, you would consider yourself a spiritual person, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. Good. No, 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 I love it. Highly love intuitive. It. So good, sometimes good, I try good, to... good, good, yep. good, good. 
the first thing I see is a family. Families are supposed to make us feel safe, secure, and give us a sense that we belong, are supported, and have a say. Often enough, people who grow up in certain kinds of families, their brains and their bodies are bombarded mm-hmm. by people's emotions, chaos, drama. And your adrenal gland during those times bombard your brain with epinephrine and cortisol, making it porous or sensitive. So Mm -hmm. your brain, your right brain specifically gets leaky. And the boundary between your feelings and someone else's almost is non-existent. And Uh so other people's feelings, pain and suffering leaks in your experience. And you don't know where you end unless somebody else begins. Similarly, there's chaos and drama in that family, and you may feel like a black sheep. They will call mm-hmm. you too emotional, too sensitive, and you may end up feeling like you can belong by being needed. And that's your ticket to either not getting beat up emotionally. That's your way of fitting in. Suffice mm-hmm. it to say, when you leave that family, that's your way of fitting in and feeling needed. Unfortunately, you then, like moth to a flame, attract people who need you. So you will perpetually feel loved. I see someone in your life who's walled off, aloof. Something's different about their brain. They're depressed, have problems with initiation. They look like they smoke something or have smoked something. You'll think they're sensitive and spiritual. However, they have trouble making regular money. Somehow, you have trouble getting commitment with that person and they have trouble with self-sacrifice, meaning they're on a path all the time with the path. Enough with the path. (laughs) I see somehow you end up using relationship as rehab for this person. You don't know how to just be in a relationship with them. You end up taking care of them, treating them, and so on. Unfortunately, you carry responsibility for them, and they seem to be a holding pattern. You want them to commit to you, and they seem to be developmentally stuck. This recreates a pattern in your family of Peter Pan's. Who do you live with? My fiancé. Okay. Is this Mm -hmm. the first fiancé you've had? Nope. 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 I've been been divorced twice and... Hold on one second. Wait a minute. minute. Divorced twice. Uh Uh-huh. And... Did any of them smoke stuff? Um, 
Did any no. of them have substance issues? Uh, the first one did. What kind of substance? Alcohol. Alcohol. Love it. And did that the get second the one? Of, wait a minute. Did that get in the way of their career? No, actually, they were pretty high functioning. They still enjoy doing what they're doing, um, but it definitely got in the way of our relationship. <laughs> you know. Okay. What do they do for a living? Um, they were they were working at like a manufacturing plant um, at one time, and then they moved on, and they actually worked for the railroad. Okay. And then the second guy? Straight as an arrow. No no substance abuse there. Okay. And then this guy? Had substance abuse in the past, but doesn't currently. Wait a minute. What Unless, substances? Uh, prescription medication. Okay. And what does he do for a living? Runs his own business. Very successful. Okay. How long have you been fianced? Oh, going on about three years. That's a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How long have you mm -hmm. known him? Um, I've known him probably all my life, but we reconnected um, about three years ago. Let me, go he, next to your, let me go next to your physical body. I look at your head. I see a pressure in your head area. I can't figure out if it's vascular, hormonal, or what that is. Uh -huh. I see excess estrogen deficient progesterone. I look at your neck. I look at your thyroid. You fool around with your thyroid. You fix your thyroid. Enough mm -hmm. with the thyroid. Mm -hmm. Fooling around with your thyroid is not the issue. The work of John Lee talks about that if you have excess tissue estrogen in your body, it can block mm -hmm. thyroid function, independent of having an autoimmune thyroid problem. I look okay. at your heart. Mm -hmm. I look at your left lung, right lung, left breast, right breast. I see increased susceptibility of having hormonally sensitive densities in your left chest wall, densities that tend to calcify. Somehow... Mm -hmm. If you fool around with estrogen replacement, it can increase your sense. It can increase your chance toward having hormonally sensitive densities in your left mm -hmm. chest wall. I mm -hmm. look at your esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. You're gonna, we're going to go to break, so they're going to break us up. So hold on. Okay. I want to hold. I hold on. That's the music. Yep. When we I come back, hold. we're going to talk about how caregiving, including you as a caregiver, can affect your mm -hmm. health. So stay with us as we talk about how to stay healthy when you're a caregiver. You're listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. 
Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively, Dr. Mona Lisa. That's me, Dr. Mona Lisa. Today's show has been dedicated to how to stay healthy when you are a caregiver. First person we've had is actually a caregiver, so we're going to go back to her in a second. But we've learned that problems being a caregiver and your health is very similar to having burnout. Burnout is usually associated with getting so involved in work and having excess drive and ambition that you push, 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 push yourself that you neglect your personal needs. What they don't realize is that when you have caregiver problems and you get sick, that you really have excessive drive ambition because your person you're taking care of is becoming your new career. So you have to see that you are displacing your purpose in life why are you here? Why the divine has put you on the earth? You've displaced that identity with this new career. We don't want to be narcissists. Narcissists are people who have no room in their psyche for anybody else. The presence of somebody else's needs and wants and pain is too much for them. And we know those people. Oh, my God. I can't handle your emotions today. I got too much, too much on my plate. You, you, we can't stand those people. They have problems with tolerance of anybody else's feelings, wants, and needs. You're not going to be that kind of person. And if you are, if you're always so exhausted to give, to care, to nurture for others, why is it? costing you so much are you on so much of a spiritual path and so much self emotional examination that it's using all of your energy inward that you have left nothing left for outward or do you know someone in your life that you care for that the majority of their energy is on their self, exploring their feelings, their needs, and you're taking care of them. I want you to consider that because that is actually a form of caregiving. Caregiving ultimately is going to be accounting. Heshben Nefesh is a spiritual concept called spiritual accounting. It's a balance sheet. Energy in equals energy out. It's like your bank account. If your deposits and your withdrawals are balanced, that's great. How much time you spend on yourself and how much you spend on others. And in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. That's the Beatles. If you withdraw too much energy and give to other people, you're going to get your account's going to go be overdrawn. You're going to bounce and you're going to get sick. That's why for every hour you take care of someone, you have to take care of yourself an equal hour. If you say, I can't, then you're going to bounce an energy check on yourself. We're going back to Susan. Are you there? Yes, I am. Hello? Yes, you are a healer. We have established that you have problems yes. with 
intuitively being porous or sensitive and picking up someone else's boundaries. We've also established the fact that someone you know has had prescription pain meds problems in the past. Who was that? Uh-huh. That's my fiance. Your fiance. And oh. usually people have prescription pain meds for pain. Yes. That means this person mm-hmm. has had prior injury. That Emotionally. That, wait a minute. That means that this person has had problems with opiates. Huh? Opiates. Yes. Yes. Which is a problem regulating distress. You are yes. a person that's very good at picking up distress. Yes. And the, wait a minute. And that is a big O, huge O problem all. I look at your mm-hmm. esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. I see more and more craving carbohydrates, pasta, rice, bread, or sweets, but you are extremely disciplined. However, despite what you eat, mm-hmm. picking up someone else's distress goes to your adrenal gland. Your adrenal gland takes whatever body fat you do have, converts it via progesterone, so that's the excess estrogen and the excess cortisol. The cortisol goes to your nearby pancreas and messes up your metabolism. And the excess estrogen goes into your body and can increase your chance toward having cysts in your pelvis, Mm -hmm. cysts in your breasts, and problems with your thyroid. In addition, Mm -hmm. the excess estrogen can increase your chance toward an inflammatory process that can make you feel like you're heavy, mm-hmm. heavy, heavy, mm-hmm. heavy, like you're pregnant and Nailed somewhat it. depressed. Yeah. Can you please yes. tell me your health concerns? That you just nailed it. You nailed exactly how I am feeling. Sometimes are better than others, and I'm trying to regulate. And yes. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. How tall are you? I am five, almost 5'7". Five, Have you gained weight? Yep. In about the past uh, year and a half, I would say, year and a half to two years. Um, How much? Two and, a half to th- two and a half to three years, and you've been with him for three years. Uh-huh. And I've gained about 10 pounds, and I feel like my body's been hijacked. A hijacked is another way of saying parasited. Mm-hmm. What are you donating to him? Energy. No, it's time. too vague. It's too vague. Okay, sorry. No, don't um, apologize. St- don't apologize. Stability. What does he do for a living? He runs his own business. I love it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> he's, in, he's in tires. He runs his own business in tires. Why is the song Bad Romance from Lady Gaga come in my head? <laughs> Listen, hit him hard, uh-huh. hit him hard. Let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. Yes, ma'am. Who cooks? I do. What does he like to eat? Um, anything I fix. <laughs> Uh, anything we I cook a lot, I clean a lot. 
I do everything uh, housework-wise. So is he, in a, is he in a wheelchair? No. Has no, he, he is not. Has or had problems moving his hands? Nope. You are um, you have a practice in holistic medicine or something. I sure do, and I'm an author as well. So then why mm -hmm. would you have to do that? This You don't live in a little house on the prairie. <laughs> no, we don't live in a little house on the prairie. Well, I guess well, we're kind of traditional in like some you way. Have a, no. <laughs> you That's understand, so good, yeah. this is the beginning. Are you trying to make him love you? No, I, I feel like he loves me very much. Very, very much. Have you ever had cysts and densities in your breast? Yes, and that runs in my family. What was the worst case scenario with anybody who had cysts in their breast? Um, they had them drained. Um, my mother had them drained. My aunt had them drained. My uh, other aunt had breast cancer twice. And my grandfather, my dad's dad, so that's on the dad's side, actually had breast cancer, which is interesting. Okay, listen. And mm -hmm. three years, he hasn't. You are not married yet. That that's my choice. But yes. <laughs> okay. Why? Uh -huh. Um. Tires keep going flat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> so if you don't want to get married, they do. <laughs> why do you? If you don't want to get married, then there's something wrong. Despite the I'm fact okay. that I'm okay all the, with no, the no, weight. No, 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 mm -hmm. no, no, no. You've gained weight. You do all mm -hmm. the cooking and the cleaning. Uh huh. You know he loves you, but yet you don't want to get married. Is there a kid around? I, I have one kid, child. But not from him. I have, no, and he has three. So sometimes I have four. Oh. Mm -hmm. He has three kids. He has three children. Do they have a couple of times? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. We're about 50% of the time. So sometimes I have four children. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Listen. Mm -hmm. But yet he doesn't want to marry you, even though you take care of your kid. Well, listen. Do me a favor. Go to a tough, hard-ass cognitive behavioral therapist. Yeah, I need the tough one. Because mm -hmm. if this is the third situation, mm -hmm. you have a broken picker. You tend to put mm -hmm. a blind eye to their difficult side. There's something wrong there. He has three kids come to your house, but yet he deigns to pick up any instrument of cleaning the house, okay, mm -hmm. nor make any food. He'll buy it. Oh, my God. Let me call CNN. All I know is if yeah. you came to my house and you saw me do mm -hmm. all the cooking and all the cleaning, mm -hmm. and I said, sit down, you would get anxious because you wouldn't be able to do it. Because you would I have a yeah, hard time. Right. You couldn't do it. Uh -huh. What kind of person can sit there and watch yourself do it? And mm -hmm. if you said to me, and, and you said, well, you know, I bought it, so I can just sit here? You wouldn't be able to sit no, there. No, 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 no. Right. If you I said it. So that, that mm -hmm. tells you that this person has difficulty dividing emotional attention, being aware of your feelings. Yes. Right. He said, if I said but hire he a maid, he'd do it. But, hire a chef, oh, he'd do it. You know what? Guess what? Uh -huh. You can't hire a heart. Exactly. <laughs> right. So my point is, I want you to go to the counselor, 
and say, uh -huh. why do I love someone who can sit there and not do it? Okay. I'm not talking about below the waist love, a mm hunk -hmm. a hunk of burn and love, love. I'm talking mm -hmm. about sex may fade, but being a friend who contributes mm -hmm. is another thing. And that's not always about a wallet. Right. And I'm not even I get talk that. about child support. Good mm -hmm. luck. You take it. You right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good luck. Thank you so Thank much. Because that's why that's why you're going to get tired. You wonder why you're tired. Mm -hmm. I have two words for you. Three kids. I three know. words. And mm -hmm. the last one is oh my god hyphenated. Good luck. You take uh -huh. it easy. Okay. Thank we will you. go to line three. Carol. I'm Dr. Yes. Melissa. How can I be of help? Hi. Um. You yes, have, I, you have three kids. No, I don't. I have Good. one. Just okay, one. I'm just kidding. I'm just because I was. I don't want to start yelling again. Fully grown. Good. How can I be of help? Well, I just want to. I've always prided myself in being uh, in good health. I'm 71, and uh, the last time I had a physical, I had hypertension. I mean, pretty bad. And I've, all my life, I've had low blood pressure. So I've been watching my blood pressure. Um, I've pretty much gotten it back in the normal range, but still there are spikes that kind of concern me. Plus I have developed a neuropathy in my toes, which concerns me because my doctor can't seem to find the, the cause. Well, she's had blood tests done and she's checked my thyroid and so on, but um, that's as far as it's gone so far. So, um, and I do have a bit of osteoporosis in, in one hip. So and this is all of a sudden, you know, what's interesting is hmm. that inappropriate aging is gradual, but something that happens suddenly like that, you have to ask yourself, what just happened? And the second thing you have to ask yourself is why now? Every health problem is always in part due to diet, genetics, the environment, so, so on. Mm -hmm. But every illness has an emotional, intuitive component. The first thing I see that made you slip, literally, is I see a family. Families are supposed to make us feel safe and secure and give us a sense of belonging. Something happened that affected your self-image, how you see yourself. Usually, you're a very loving, caring person. You have a great sense of who you are, who your family is, and so on. But something hurt you, hurt your feelings, and made you question what the stability is underneath you. I see some people who are supposed to have your back, supposed to be able to nurture you and care for you. And somehow, some event happened that makes you question whether they'll really be there for you. I can't figure out if there was some holiday that happened where they weren't there or someone didn't show up for an important event. Well, I can tell you my siblings and I, uh, we were raised Methodist, but um, I've kind of been the black sheep of the family in that I uh, 
have a much more open view of religion. In fact, I don't subscribe to any one religion. I feel there are many paths, you know, to God. Um, whereas the rest of my family, they're pretty fundamental in their beliefs. And um, so that's caused some strife. And yes, politically. There was, there was one event that pretty much you were not invited or something. There was a a communication that made you wonder whether you're going to have to go it alone. What happened? I can't recall of any specific events. I know there was a lot of, uh, I felt very much alone in my the last four years politically, you know. Okay, that's it. So the last four yeah. years politically. Yeah. So in other words, yeah. that emphasized to you that a line was drawn in the sand. Yes. And that and it's surprised. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I was frankly surprised by my siblings who I I love and adore, but some of the stands they took just absolutely blew me out of the water. But you know. beyond the stands, forget the stands and forget the opinions. Okay? Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, when I came back from Brown and I was really suffering from this major illness, life-threatening, a relative had a bumper sticker, okay? We're talking about, I was reading things like The Meaning of Life, May Sarton, Journal of Solitude. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. This relative yeah. had a bumper sticker that said, when the going gets tough, the tough go shopping. <laughs> I cannot, re I hate shopping. I absolutely hate it. So I can relate. I was completely, I, I yeah. felt like I was worlds apart. So, you know, yeah. but you can't say that that was wrong. It was just way exactly. in a yeah. completely opposite thing. Suffice it to right. say, they still are your family, your blood, and they love you. Yes. I know so, I love. Are you sure? I am. It's kind of a conditional love just in that, you know, I have, I do have family that feel, <laughs> members who, who feel I'm going to hell because I That's don't. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So in other words, they know your blood, but they think yeah. you're going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. they're less likely to drive a long way for someone who's hell bound. <laughs> I, I, although my my take on it is that they would drive a long way if I asked them to. I do feel that they no, love no, me. No, I no, just... no, 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 no. That's the key. <laughs> if you ask them to. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Do you get it? Yeah. There's something that broke your heart about what one of them said. If well, I know had... when. Go ahead. Sure. Uh, this was, this goes back years, so it's not in the last four years. But, well, go ahead, actually, go ahead. Okay. It's like pulling um, go ahead. <laughs> Well, I was kind of revealing my, where I was stood spiritually, which is not in line with them. And the reaction was to go and pray for me, <laughs> you know, for my soul, which hurt me more than anything because you know i love them and i didn't want them to feel like somehow i i was 
you know, being was, influenced okay. by so something Okay, so there was evil. some major, without you, because you're not, you put it in your body, because that's why this red stuff, blood pressure going up, red inflammation in your feet, the numbness, the tingling, is inflammation. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not saying that's anger. It's heat buried in. That's a cat? Yes, sorry. The cat knows. That's the cat. Anyway, yeah. the cat's meowing in the phone. The cat knows. The cat's been saying, you know what? Listen, I told her. She's not listening to me. I don't know what else to say. There's only so much I, I can do. It. So my point is, is that that hurt got buried deep. There was some event like a, a baptism or some wedding or some event that you heard about to a third person that you didn't mm. go to. And you buried that sadness and that that grief about that in your body. And it set off a chain reaction. You have to take a, you have to take a fearless inventory of very big disappointments that you realize that they've kind of written you off in some subtle ways. Yeah, I, because I feel that in a way. You, I know, but there's, you have to find out where that is. And then, better yet, you know when you lose a limb? Like, well, I have a leg to stand I know, but when you do lose a limb, like you don't have a leg to stand on in a family, they mm -hmm. outfit you with a prosthesis. So you have mm -hmm. to get you have to get an alternative family, a prosthetic family. Gotcha. Spiritual I'm looking for one. No, you don't look for one. You just go to one. They don't have to be like you. They could just be any kind of place. Yeah. You could go to a rotary. You could play cards with somebody. I want you to go to um, a neurologist, get a good neurological exam. Then I want you to go to an immunologist and make sure you don't have an autoimmune problem. And then if that's all clear, I want you to go to an acupuncturist and Chinese herbalist. A very good one. Looks like they've been doing it since 1892. And it's like they're a third generation. Tell them you have mm -hmm. sudden onset of hypertension and numbness and tingling and heat in your lower extremities. They'll know what that is. In okay. Chinese medicine, that's like hot heart, H-E-A-R-T, fire rising, liver burning kind of stuff. And yeah. the closing of the orifices. That's a very deep, deep kind of sense of you might even be internalizing their anger about you mm -hmm. and you're not you don't feel angry but it feels like you're picking up their anger mm -hmm. do you get it i do yeah and do. you don't feel like you have it but also their mental instability because it sounds like you have a stability and faith because faith does not have feel like that. Faith or imunah and bidahan is faith in action, knowing that there are difficult things in the, in the world. Whether we have COVID or no COVID, whether we have vaccines or no vaccines, faith is a graceful way of accepting those who are different, not fighting and anger and divisiveness. Right. Faith is acceptance that everything will be okay. Not all this fighting stuff. Yeah. 
Do you remember when we used to have fights in the back of the car? What did, what did oh, we yeah. Have? I pulled the car over to the side of the road <laughs> until you stopped fighting, right? Yeah, right. The pandemic did what? It stopped everything. It's like the car was pulled to the side of the road, yeah. making us stop fighting because there was no way that we could do anything. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? <laughs> Leave the house. Do you understand? Yeah. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. you're going to have to get yourself some other people who are stand-ins. Do you mm-hmm. understand? I do. And then the other thing <clears throat> is, if you have faith, pray for them. Yeah. Because they have a mm-hmm. higher power and you got to pray for them. And in fact, when you see them, you say, you know, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for all mm-hmm. of us that we all just have peace. It'll yeah. scare them. <laughs> because I will tell you. So I went down to Nashville once and I gave a class on intuition. And there were a lot of born-again Christians in the, in the room. And they had their hands against their chest. And you, I knew what that meant. Mm-hmm. And I went, hey, hey, you in the back of the room. And they looked at me. I said, you think... You think that, you know, this is devil spawn or something here. I said, I've been run over by a truck, a car, sword in half and surgery. I've had bilateral invasive breast cancer. I've had everything happen to me except being chased by wild dogs. If you don't think I believe in God and that this intuition thing here comes from a higher power God, look at me. This is faith. They shut up. <laughs> I'll bet she did. I exactly. wish you good luck. Thank you so much. Thank and you, you hang in there. You were listening Thank to you healthy, so much. Heavy, healthy Living Intuitively. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.